Good afternoon, Patriots. It's Scott here from Woke Society is here to drop another episode of amazing content. We are full systems go Patriots, and we're going to get into exactly what that means. We are going to be discussing the Rod Rosenstein hearing, everything going on with George Floyd, the riots, Project Veritas infiltrated Antifa, got some insider information on that, and of course, all of the Q drops to keep you guys up to date. But before we begin, let's just hear a word from our sponsor. Here we go. Flip City, new issue, June 12th, flipcitymag.com. So thank you guys for allowing me to play that sponsorship video. This is the actual magazine, Flip City Magazine, from a couple out in California that make these themselves. This is an American-made product, ladies and gentlemen, and the best part about it, besides it being a piece of history and just an absolute beautiful piece of art, it's hilarious. This is satire. This is not the latest um, copy. If you subscribe now, which I'm going to show you, you can subscribe now. You can get a digital copy for $10 for the year. That is for the year, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm going to tell you right now, the $20 subscription right here is worth the money. It is a physical copy of these magazines. It is literally $5 a magazine, Patriots. It's four magazines for the year. One comes out every quarter, and it goes directly to your door, and this is something that you can show your kids one day, put on a shelf, and something you can go back to years from now and just look at for nostalgia reasons and for the actual it's a beautiful piece of art. So if you guys can, go to the Flip City uh, link in the description below. Go and subscribe there. You're supporting local businesses. And again, it's an American-made product that blood, sweat, and tears is poured into. And I just love their product at Flip City, America's Last Laugh. Go check it out in the description below. Okay, so where do I want to begin here? Well, we're there is so much to talk about. And... It's just crazy. Everything going on is crazy. I have point of view. I've seen these videos of people bending the knee um, to African-American communities, soldiers doing it. I have opinions on that. But before we get into that, I want to play a video here from Sleepy Joe, keeping your children away from Sleepy Joe. And we're going to get the show started. And I'll see you guys at the other end of the intro. Take a watch. Hide your kids, ladies and gentlemen. Sleepy Joe's coming to get you. Thanks for tuning in to the land of the real. But it's like the twilight zone. The plan is surreal. It'll blow your mind when the plan is revealed. Bring it all to light. All the plans they conceal. Grab your flashlight. It's time to go down the rabbit hole. It's dark and hell is hot. Dealing with satanic souls. The tide is turning. Patriots and now in control. Apply aggressive pressure right now until they fold. Stay woke. Open up your eyes and keep them healed. All they do is lie. Realize how everything is real. Through Project Looking Glass, the future is revealed. Future proves past, but there won't be any deals. Woke society's fam. You know it's time to go. Grab your popcorn. Sit back now. Enjoy the show. Severe non on the so come on, enjoy the flow. The wave is rising, and you know it's only gonna grow. All right, thanks guys for letting me do that. One, we need, we all need to laugh. We all need to laugh. That's why I love playing those videos. And of course, that's Joe Biden. So screw Joe Biden. We're going to be talking about him, too. We got so much to talk about. So let's get into it, shall we? All right. So something that's been uh, something that's been bothering me, something that's been really bothering me, some videos that I was seeing that, you know, warranted me putting out a tweet this this morning talking about how I'm proud that I'm white. I'm proud of my skin color. I'm proud of where I've come from. And I tweeted it out for a reason. I'm going to show you now. These videos were surfacing yesterday, and it just rubbed me the wrong way because I feel like this is just not what we were supposed to be doing right now. I am all for the African-American community. 
feeling the way they do about everything that happened with George Floyd, and I am completely backing them. I am totally on the same page. But as far as videos like this, this is the National Guard here kneeling down. It's a bunch of shoulders kneeling down to protesters. And this person here, Ian, Ian Miles Cheung, said, I'm sure China and Russia are laughing their asses off right now. We have soldiers here, ladies and gentlemen, kneeling down to protesters. They can quote unquote protesters. This seems pretty peaceful in this video, but it just made me kind of sick to see this. And I'm going to just play it real quick. Here we go. So you guys get the point. My thing here is this looks like an opportunity for a photo op. And I know people were saying that about Trump with the Bible, but that was a whole entire different thing. This to me is just, this is pandering and this is just, this is filling into the narrative because people still don't understand that right now the issue is not white versus black. We are fighting against a globalist. We're fighting against George Soros. He is he is financing both sides to fight each other essentially right now. And we are in the middle of it and people still aren't awake to the fact, the majority of the people aren't awake to the fact that we are fighting against this global threat. And that is exactly who Trump is going after and why exactly he named Antifa a terrorist organization. Now it gets worse from here because this was this video just triggered some even more bad things in my mind because what did I show you guys on, on the live stream? Showed you the Q drop where MSNBC was calling Q a cult and Q being part of some cult-like church. The video I'm about to show you now is is anything worse than the mainstream media has ever shown at comparing Q to being a cult to a church. Watch this video here. Take a look. About racism, anti-blackness, or violence. So for the people on the podcast right now, this is a group of looks like almost all white people with their hands up, looks like they're praying and raising their hands and they're repeating words from the speaker here. Now listen to what they're saying. I will use my voice in the most uplifting way possible. And do everything in my power to educate my community. I will love my black neighbors the same as my white ones. I will love my black neighbors as much as I love my white neighbors. And that's the video. That's the video. I am all for people supporting the African-American community with, the, with everything that's going on with police violence and all that. I'm totally behind it. But this to me, this makes me sick because I'm, I have to say it. When we were born, we, we are not born racist. We are not inherently born racist. This is something that we, are, we should not be taking on ourselves and making us beating ourselves down for being white and apologizing and getting down on a knee and apologizing to these people. I, have not, I, have, I think I've met maybe one legit racist in my life, and this was years ago. Besides that, I haven't met a single person. So I don't know where this is coming from and I don't know how this solves anything because it doesn't solve a thing. It literally solves nothing. To me, this is pandering. This is pandering. And getting down on a knee to submit yourself to another person to me is just, it doesn't sit right with me. And I used to have religious backgrounds, which I think kind of, kind of made me just feel even worse about this because I remember growing up, the only person I'm going to put my knee down, I'm going to kneel down to is God and God alone. You know, so it's just, uh, this bothered me a lot and I wanted to show you guys because I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of my color. I don't have a racist bone in my body, but just seeing that just, it just bothered me that th this is being filmed and this is the pandering and you want to talk about photo ops and that's all I want to talk about it, <laughs> but reason why I played the Sleepy Joe video before is because I want to talk about Sleepy Joe because, again, talking about pandering, let's take a look at what he's doing. He is putting himself – he's actually going to George Floyd's funeral, which I think is today. But the problem is he's ignoring literally everything else that's happening to policemen, all the rioters that are causing all this damage and destroying all these buildings. Take a look at this. 
President Trump has made clear that he stands with the majority of Americans who both support the peaceful protesters sickened and revolted by George Floyd's killing and the use of the National Guard and the U.S. military to put an end to the violence. Joe Biden, meanwhile, barely summoned the courage for half a breath, condemning the carnage on the streets brought on by liberal Democrats unwilling to protect their citizens, and that's 100% true. But Biden hasn't said a single word on one of the most horrific aspects of the bloodshed. Attacks by rioters and looters, sometimes fatal, on police officers in the line of duty protecting innocent Americans. Where is Joe on that? Because cops have been killed. Cops have been severely injured for trying to protect people as well. And it's crickets. President Trump tweeted his respects last night for David Dorn, a black 77-year-old former police captain who was murdered on the streets of St. Louis trying to stop looters. But Joe Biden has remained silent, not just about, the, about Dorn's murder, but about the numerous assaults on police officers as the rioters rage on. And there's a reason why under Biden's watch, this is why Biden is the last thing this country needs. There's a reason why under Biden's watch, race relations in America hit the highest level of discord since the 1992 riots in Los Angeles during the Rodney King case. Now he is supposedly reinventing himself as America's racial healer, hoping Americans forget his long record of inflammatory words and discriminatory policies. America's police officers are under attack and Biden's silence only reminds voters why he is too much of a failure to handle this crisis. This man literally just said the other a couple weeks ago, you ain't black if you don't vote for him, for Democrats. We can't forget that. And I'm not going to play the video of this man I'm about to show you on screen. This is him. This is that cop. There is a video all over Twitter. It's been on Twitter. It's, it's gone viral for the last two days. I personally can't look at people suffering. This man was shot and he was left on the sidewalk to bleed out and he eventually died over a freaking TV. Looters were trying to steal TVs. They actually got it out, and he was shot trying to stop them. And this man here, a former career police officer, a black man, a black man. But you don't see anyone crying for him. You don't see anyone looting and peaceful protesting for him. You don't see anything coming out of Joe Biden's camp about David Dorn. Because it, you want, it's pretty obvious, right? doesn't fit the narrative. And that's exactly why no one's talking about this. The narrative's been set. It's been set, and now we are seeing the carnage that's been taking place in the last couple of weeks. It's absolutely sick. So getting back to George Floyd here, because, again, we're seeing a narrative change. The riots are going to end at some point. So where's the media going to have to go? The media's going to have to go back to COVID, and that's what we're seeing here. When we found out news, this is from the Daily Star, Talking about George Floyd here, has coronavirus and died after a cardiac arrest, police report claims. But the even worse, they did an autopsy report, has been released confirming George Floyd died from cardiac arrest, which we knew about, which was complicated by the law enforcement subduel. But of course, of course, the report released by Hennepin County also adds George 46 tested positive for coronavirus. When I read that, immediately... It was sending. It, it, it was just me telling. This was like a deep sea operation, saying, "Hey, let's let's bring the comms back. Let's bring the narrative back to COVID nineteen because that's where it's going. That's exactly where it's going. Because after these riots start coming down, after these businesses start being rebuilt, we're going to hear about a second wave of COVID, and that's exactly where we're going to go from here. But are you really surprised, anybody, that after they did this autopsy, that they had to throw in that he had COVID nineteen? And who knows if he really even had COVID-19. I'm surprised if the cop didn't kill George Floyd, if he actually died from a heart attack, they would have labeled this probably a COVID-19 death anyways, because that's exactly what we've seen throughout this entire pandemic, right? Don't know, guys. What do you guys think? Let me know in the comments. So this ties in perfectly with these lockdowns, with COVID. How did this play into the riots? Well, we have an article here from Zero Hedge talking about this in particular. This was just yesterday this came out. The title of the article is Three Ways Lockdowns Paved the Way for These Riots. And the article reads, There are were many reasons to oppose the COVID-19 lockdowns. They cost human lives in terms or deferred medical treatment. They cost human lives in terms of greater suicide and drug overdoses. Domestic abuse and child abuse have increased. There's also good reason to believe that lockdowns don't actually work. 
The lockdown activists capitalized on media, stoked fear to push their authoritarian agenda based not on science, but on the whims of a handful of experts who insisted that they need not present any actual evidence that the bizarre, draconian, and extreme scheme was worth the danger posed to human rights, health, and the economic well-being of billions of human beings. Those who lacked the obsessive and irresponsible tunnel vision of the pro-lockdown people warned that there were other dangers as well in terms of social and political conflict, and doctors were also telling us this too, but big tech, social media were shutting those videos down. It didn't require an especially clear crystal ball to see that destroying the livelihoods of countless millions while empowering a police state to harass and arrest law-abiding citizens would create a situation that just maybe could lead to greater social and political conflict, and it has. The lockdowns created an economic disaster, which we know the COVID-19 stay-at-home orders, business closures, and other forms of coerced social distancing have so far led to job losses far for well over 30 million Americans. The unemployment rate has risen to levels not seen since the Great Depression. And as anyone else is surprised, the lockdowns empowered the police state. The lockdowns have created a situation which millions of law-abiding citizens have been deemed criminals merely for seeking to make a living leaving their homes or engage in a peaceful trade. And we saw so many of those videos of, of nail salons, barbers, whatever it is, people that don't have anything coming in anymore. They have families and they're being harassed, arrested for trying to make a living. But at the same time, what do we see? What are we seeing now? People all over the streets, people coming together all over the place, not wearing masks, not social distancing, not doing any of this. And I'm going to play a video to, uh, to display what exactly I'm talking about in just a moment. But again, it's the narrative was completely broken with COVID. And the media knew that, the world knew that, and this is why Trump calls us the silent majority because that's what we are. If the media and the and big tech didn't have such a hardcore censorship on us, we would be the majority clearly in the eyes of the country and the world. But we're not right now, and that's, that's just another thing we're fighting against. But this is how COVID has led to this now. These lockdowns have led to this. It's absolutely crazy. And just look, this is the video I'm talking about. Look at this video. I'm going to pause it here for everyone on the podcast. This is a video here of nurses in front of a hospital in full protective gear, wearing suits, gloves, face shield, and mask. And now they are literally clapping, celebrating people, walking by them in droves, these these quote-unquote protesters, these peaceful protesters. In this case, it looked like they were peaceful which is great, but that's not the point what I'm trying to display right now. Let me play the video so you can watch it. Here we go. These people are literally saying thank you. The nurses are saying thank you to these people that are walking in droves down the streets. Now, you know the worst part about this? This is in New York City. Everyone knows I'm from New York. Seeing this, seeing what I saw out when I was about just in my local town, how people were being treated for not social distancing, the dirty looks for not wearing masks, and then you have shit like this. We were told for our own good, businesses to close, close down everything, stay home, stay away from your family and friends, quarantine yourselves for the better good of the country and the world that's what we were told and then you see this when the riots started happening covid went right out the window right out the window and then you see this people celebrating but for people who own businesses because walmart was still open walmart was still open here in my town only certain businesses were allowed to stay home. And doesn't that make sense? You're going to close the local businesses so you can funnel people all to a single point. That makes sense, right? This shit is infuriating, ladies and gentlemen. It drives me crazy. But this is what we're seeing. We're seeing the stark contrast here. And it just blows my mind. But just, re- just be prepared. We're going to be seeing the narrative shift again when these protests stop and the riots stop. We're going to go right back to COVID and don't be surprised if we see a second wave, supposed second wave, and then we'll go from there. So let's switch gears here. I want to talk about Rod Rosenstein. 
I watched I I watched the whole entire hearing on C-SPAN. I'm not going to say it was a complete waste of time, but most of it was. Um, I'll just go over the main point from the Hill here, and I will get into a video or two to talk about this. But pretty much my opinion on Rod Rosenstein, he's a snake. He's playing dumb. I don't believe, I don't know how much he actually knew because if you watch the hearing, a lot of his answers were, I don't know, that, that information wasn't given to me. He was playing it off. The only person he really kind of threw under the bus was Andrew McCabe. And even the language that he was using around Andrew McCabe was pretty soft. It was pretty soft. It wasn't It wasn't fiery. He wasn't spitting fire on Andrew McCabe. I can tell you that. But just take a look at this article from The Hill. Former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein said on Wednesday that he would not have signed off on a final warrant application of former Trump campaign advisor Carter Page if he had known the information that would be in a watchdog report. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Lindsey Graham asked Rosenstein if he, in retrospect, would have signed off on the final renewal of the page warrant application, knowing what he knows now, and his answer, no, I would not. Rosenstein told members of the Judiciary Committee, Rosenstein, who resigned from the Justice Department last year, signed off on the final warrant on the uh, warrant application into Carter Page, which eventually led to ruining his life for absolutely no good reason. But the thing here I want to talk about, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll show you a clip or two from the hearing just to give you a taste of what it was like. Um, pretty much the Democrats that were there thought the meeting was an entire waste of time. Talking about the Mueller report, again, stating that there was all these crimes in the, in the report, people arrested, blah, blah, blah. And again, just telling the Republicans across the diocese that this whole entire thing is a waste of our time, which we know isn't a waste of time. But this is what we were witnessing. This is what I watched. Essentially, the, the whole point that I want to carry here is that Rod Rosenstein seemed to be playing on the fence. He was in the middle of everything. But he kept saying, I was taking care of all these cases. I don't look at everything. I don't. I didn't read every single page of the report. We're going to see in the video in just a second. But he still approved it, and he still signed off on that FISA warrant. Now, you would think, you would think a man in his position would read everything, but he didn't. And this is why I think he's a snake. And there was obvious, obvious bias from Lisa Page and Peter Strzok that they hated Trump. They didn't want, they were making sure that he was not going to come if they were trying to do everything they can to keep him, to damage him, to kick him out. And yet these these warrants were still, these, these FISA warrants still were able to go through. So the thing is though, the fact that when Graham said, would you have done this again if you have known the information? Would you have signed off on it? And he said, no, I would not. So this sets a precedent because what's going to happen is today, um, Obama, his Obama cabinet issued, I think, 53 subpoenas. That's including Comey, McCabe, and all the lower level FBI agents. All these people now are going to have to come in front of the, uh, this, this, this hearing, this, this committee, and they're going to have to go through the same crap that Rod Rosenstein just went through. But the fact that Rod Rosenstein said, no, I would not have done the same thing, that sets a precedent because now when they ask Andrew McCabe, when they ask Comey, they essentially, they have to answer the same thing because if they don't, they're going to oust themselves and they're going to have to explain. They're going to have to tell the truth, which we know what the truth is. So it's going to be interesting to see who cannibalizes who and who gets thrown on the bus. And we already saw it. Rod Rosenstein essentially threw Andrew McCabe under the bus. And during the hearing, which was even worse, Andrew McCabe already put a statement out in regards to what Rod Rosenstein was saying, doesn't that scream guilty that you are so worried you're going to put out a statement during the actual hearing? It's not even over yet, and you already had a statement out going up against Rod Rosenstein and what he said. So lots going on with that. So what I want you guys to watch now, this is Republican Hawley grilling the shit out of Rod Rosenstein, and I want you guys to watch it because I want you guys to see him quiver. And a lot of the other Republicans, they weren't easy on him. The Democrats obviously lobbed up softballs for this for uh, Rosenstein. But the, when the Republicans, when it was their turn, this guy, Hawley, did not hold back. So take a watch and watch what he says. Endless investigations, millions of dollars spent, an impeachment inquiry against the president of the United States. And now we hear from person after person on that side of the dais that the Mueller report is of no consequence. No consequence? I kind of happen to think that the successful weaponization of the FBI by a presidential campaign 
by the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign for the first time in American history, getting the FBI to submit to a federal court false information, false information, to get a wiretap during a presidential campaign, I kind of think that that is a relevant piece of information that maybe ought to be within the jurisdiction and the cognition of this committee. Of course, now my Democrat friends say there's nothing to see here because now we have one of the largest scandals ever to engulf the FBI and the DOJ. Let me just remind you, Mr. Rosenstein, about what the FISA court said when it found out that it had been systematically lied to by the FBI and the Department of Justice. This is what the court said, sua sponte, on its own, and I quote, the FBI's handling of the Carter Page applications, as portrayed in the Inspector General's report, was antithetical to the heightened duty of candor that is owed to the court. The frequency with which these representations made by FBI personnel turned out to be unsupported or contradicted by information in their possession and with which they withheld information detrimental to their case calls into question whether information contained in other FBI applications is reliable, end quote. In other words, the FISA court now wonders if it can trust anything that the FBI says. Anything. Now, you signed off on a FISA application to a federal court in an ex parte proceeding, which means the other side didn't have any chance to argue it. You signed off on it. It had 17 material misstatements, falsehoods, omissions. You signed off on it. You also said at the time you thought it was an above-average application. Correct. How could you sign off on something with this number of misrepresentations that the FISA court later came back and said, this, this destroys our trust in the FBI? You signed off on it personally. How could this happen? I, I approve the submission. How does that happen? And he kept just, just mailing it in, talking about how he, you know, this was the information that was given to me, and he just kept backpedaling and backpedaling. Not in that video. And a shout-out to Methods, too, for, uh, for these videos. Um, he's really good at, at uh, finding these clips and getting them out. And I have another one here that he has of Press Secretary uh, McKinney talking about exactly Rosenstein's response to some of these questions, and she absolutely lights him on fire as well. Let's take a watch. Former Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein testified today on the Hill that uh, he didn't read the FISA applications and he didn't even prepare the scope memo that started the Mueller probe. Given that Rosenstein appears to be deeply involved in uh, Crossfire Hurricane and that he actually picked FBI Director Christopher Wray, isn't it time that the Trump administration appoints someone else other than Ray for FBI director? Look, I have no announcements on that front, but what I will say with regard to the Rosenstein testimony is he said um, there was no there there, and he now agrees with that text by Peter Strzok, who, um, you know, obviously had no information that of Russian collusion, but nevertheless um, strung us through this investigation. And you have Rosenstein, who, again, it's quite befuddling, said he wouldn't have signed off on the Carter Page FISA warrant that has his name on it. His name's on, signed on a FISA warrant to spy on the Trump campaign, uh, that he wouldn't have signed off on that. Not only that, he wasn't sure that he read every page of it. It's a pretty grave thing to spy on an American citizen, to violate their Fourth Amendment rights, to not have a basis to do so, and to rely on a Russian dossier full of lies as the justification. Um, so it's really astonishing to hear from him uh, that he's not sure he read every page of that warrant, but I suppose it's encouraging to hear with his 2020 hindsight that he wouldn't have signed off on it, though I'm sure that's of no Carter, no comfort to Carter Page. Boom. She's, she's on fire. She's fantastic. And she's absolutely right. In the hearing, because you didn't see it, but I, I watched the entire hearing, that he actually does say he didn't read every page. And Howie even made a statement that's not in the video that showed. You just rubber stamped it. Boom. Out the door. There you go. Let's start spying on Americans based on lies and falsehoods, right? It's crazy. And she's absolutely right. But again, that's why we're saying, oh, Rod Rosenstein's saying, oh, if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't have done it. What does that mean? It means nothing. Literally means nothing. So we'd love to know what you guys think. Do you think Rod Rosenstein is a white hat? I don't think he is. What do you think? Drop it in the comments below. But Undercover Hoover here, yeah, Undercover Hoover's talking about, or Huber, whatever you want to pronounce it, Rosenstein is absolutely imploding in this hearing. The most interesting takeaway is he's not even trying to defend himself, and he didn't, other than dog ate my homework. And that right there is a perfect summary of the hearing, and that's where I want to tie up everything with Rod Rosenstein.
Now, today, James O'Keefe from Project Veritas, um, he dropped, I th this is the first video, I think there's already a second part out. Um, they infiltrated Antifa, and this is the, uh, what is it, the Rose City Antifa branch, I think, out in Washington. And I'm just going to play a short, short clip from it. It's This video is four minutes long. You guys can go find it. Um, I just want you guys to see where he, this man here talks about how it's funded, how he knows somehow it's funded from overseas. Take a watch. I've been undercover with Real City Antifa since and asked who I was, and I told them, and I followed them to the destination where the interview was going to be held. There, uh, we went to a place called Imperial. They were getting this tradecraft from someone else, someone with much more experience, someone who did this for her living. Caroline, which is the founder of RCA, moved to Sweden with her husband, who is a dual citizen. So there, there's a back and forth with a European connection. There's a back and forth with a European connection. And I, that's the that's as much as I want to play for, um, from that clip there. Um, he goes into much more detail about what that is, but there are European connections. This is a this isn't just a, a USA problem. This is they're getting funding, they're getting leadership, they're getting provided sponsorship from European countries, funding from European countries, and we know where this ultimately ultimately leads to, which is George Soros, and this is why it's so important hearing today. AJ Barr went live today around noon at a press conference talking about the evidence. We have evidence in regards to Antifa and other groups that are being funded and caught carrying out these acts of violence. Let's take a look at what AJ Barr had to say today. There are groups that exploit the opportunity to engage in such crimes as looting. And finally, at some demonstrations, there are extremist agitators who are hijacking the protests to pursue their own separate and violent agenda. We have evidence that Antifa and other similar extremist groups, as well as actors of a variety of different political uh, persuasions, have been involved in instigating and participating in the violent activity. And we are also seeing foreign actors playing all sides to exacerbate the violence. There are groups Playing, there are exacerbators that are playing both sides. So when you have Soros that can literally pay both sides to fight each other, which is getting nowhere, they're dividing. We saw cop. We saw the videos where cops were handing out bricks. Um, Antifa members were getting out of undercover police police uh, vehicles. What was that about? But we also see Antifa going up to young black Af African American kids, giving them bricks, paying them money. Go flip that car over. Go do this. Go do that. Organized. Payments. Barr said we have evidence. So what's going to happen? They're going to go for the lower level guy. I don't even know if they'll do lower level. They might already have who the captains are, whoever the heads of these groups are. They're going to go after them first, and they're going to go right up the line. And they're going to go right up the line to figure out exactly who's financing them because that's you always got to follow the money, right? It's the old adage. Follow the money. And then they're going to go find out. It's going to go back to George Soros. Going to be interesting times, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get into the Q drop, shall we? So I want to start out with 4388. Military, all systems go, 11.3 marker. Now, this is why I know things are getting heated up because now we're getting references back to the beginning of when Q started to drop. This was a reference back to drop number 26 where they say the only way is military. Think about it logically. The only way is the military fully controlled, save and spread once 11.3 verifies as first marker biggest advance drop on poll not sure what poll means i'm not sure um if that's like polls for voting I'm, I'm i'm not sure um if you guys know what that means or have an idea put it in the comments for me but that was the old drop that was linked here and then they also tag here a tweet from trump from june 1st saying november 3rd in all caps and q said this is the marker all systems go. So this was the marker, ladies and gentlemen, that they were talking about here in Drop 26. The military is being deployed. We saw buses of, mil of uh, military going to D.C. yesterday. It is full time. It's ready to go all the way till November. 4389, dark delight, blackout necessary, two-year delta. And, of course, this is an infamous drop with the boom, boom, boom. 
a week to remember, dark to light, blackout necessary. This is also the one where some of the anons have flipped this. It looks like a gun with the way it's written out. And underneath this is a picture. I think this was the photo from Obama era. I'm not sure. But it says dark to light. I know this video, uh, this photo was going around on Twitter a lot. A lot of people had something to say about it. But Q is just letting us know, blackout necessary to your Delta, dark to light. We are going to see the light come through. 4390, the light of the righteous shines brightly, but the lamp of the wicked is extinguished. That is the Q drop. It's Proverbs 13.9. Talking about, again, pretty self-explanatory that the wickedness in this world is being extinguished and that we are draining, draining the swamp. 4391, Q foreshadowed the Antifa uprising and military response back on October 31st, 2017. And Q says, worth remembering. Now, this is nuts. This is a thread here. Q Army Stormtrooper got queued for this. And let's see if it'll show the thread here. Shows my meme that I dropped. So this was a thread here talking about Antifa. This is Q Army talking about. The one I want to point out, though, is right down here. So Q Army here pointed out on drop 14, number 14. This is how far back we're going. SCIF stands for Sensitive Compartmentalized Information Facility. Q mentions just such a facility in drop number 14 on 10:31:17, along with mentioning Antifa by name and asking this question. What happens if Soros-funded operations get violent and engage in domestic terrorism? Boom. Now that out of the thread was the most important thing that I want to show you guys because as we scroll up here, we're going to see, we'll do 4392 real quick because it's just one sentence. That, that only says mistakes to some are roadmaps to others. And I'm pretty sure that's in regards to Antifa. But when we go to 4393, they take a screenshot of the number 14 drop that this um, Anon was just referring to. So again, this is October 31st, 2017 talking about military intelligence and right down here you'll see it it's very small it says why is antifa allowed to operate what happens if soros funded operations get violent and engage in domestic terrorism q writes full circle why is antifa allowed to operate what happens if soros funded operations get violent and engage in domestic terrorism what happens if mayor slash police comms uh, commissioners, chiefs do not enforce the law, which we are seeing here in so many states, especially here in New York. Think recent events. You have more than you know. Ladies and gentlemen, we were given the footprint of what was to happen in the very beginning of when Q started dropping. This, to me, is one of the biggest Q proofs I've seen. I've seen many of them. I've gotten queued in one of them, which is still pretty awesome. Um, but we're seeing... We're seeing, we were given the results, the end game, right in the beginning of when these drops were starting. How else would a Q, how else can you reconcile an operation calling out Antifa by name and relating it to George Soros and domestic terrorism unless you already had foreknowledge of operations happening and you already, they already figured out these people were, were a threat and a growing threat and they already had information on them back in 2017 and probably even earlier. Probably even earlier because we've known Antifa has been around, I think, at least at least since the mid-2000s, early 2000s. And they've been allowed to embed themselves in this country and grow and grow and grow. And they were going to be used in a moment, just like they're right now, to literally destroy this country from the inside out. Unreal. So this is what we're, we're dealing with, guys. If you think Q is a lot by now, just unsubscribe and go. Just get the hell away from here. 4394. Over two years ago, Q told us there would be riots and military control and the best is to come. And of course, Trump being Trump always loves to get everyone riled up. And I love it. Tweeted, and the best is yet to come. And the tweet goes here. Two years, seven months, and one day ago, we were told there would be riots. We were told there would be temporary military control. We were given the end at the beginning. Unreal. And it's absolutely true. We're going through the dark times right now. But we're going to come out on the other end in a much better place, and we have full faith that that's going to happen. 4395, Q and military intelligence have been planning for this moment, Antifa insurrection. Now it says, now reread again. This link here is broken. I don't know why. 
going to the Fox News article, but I'll read the part that Cube references. But even before riots exploded across the United States, in the aftermath of George Floyd's death, federal and local officials have long been investigating the inner workings and revenue stream of the anarchist left-wing outfit and arrest among its highest ranks may be imminent. Intelligence sources point out that indictments have been building for some time and a close examination of funding revenues remains under the microscope. While Antifa operates as something of a leaderless militant wing, sources closely engaged in the matter said there are identical top brass driving and inciting criminal activity. Identical, identifiable top brass. Sounds like some big wigs are going to be in trouble soon and that they've had the, these, these people, this terrorist group now, has been watched, infiltrated, and under the microscope. And we have names. And Barr just said today, you just heard Barr say, we have evidence. So this is developing, and I cannot wait to see where this is going. And this is why Q says Antifa mapping started a long time ago. And I think, I'm telling you, I think it's early 2000s when this started. 4396, God wins photo of POTUS holding Bible in front of St. John's Church. Um, God wins. We knew he got slammed by the media by this. Not a surprise, but still a great picture to show strength and leadership. 4397, pro-America versus anti-America, talking about how this swamp runs deep. They want us divided. And again, I'm not going to read this entire drop. Q's just saying put on the full armor of God and to not stay divided. Uh, 4398, <clears throat> compare and contrast media portrayal of POTUS and Pelosi with the Bible. This is crazy. We knew, you guys saw on the live stream I had POTUS walking to St. John's. MSNDC, POTUS cleared peaceful protesters using tear gas, rubber bullets, attack on humanity, racists, etc. That was the narrative that we know was false. Pelosi walk, MSNDC, Pelosi, D's are one, of the, are one with the people in the black community protesters reaching out for her hand, peaceful. POTUS holds Bible. MSND says fake pictures created of Hitler holding Bible. Project white, white supremacy narrative. Pelosi holds Bible. MSNDC, Pelosi or blessings for our black communities attempt to divide and control. And this is the video here from Charlie Kirk that says, let me, this is what got cued. Let me get this straight. Nancy Pelosi won't let Congress get back to work because of lack of social distancing, yet she's walking around in massive protest. Why are we still paying her salary if this is how she spends her time? And this is a quick video of Lee. That is the Capitol grounds and absolutely not. There she is on the right. I just saw the dome in the background. So perhaps she is headed to a um, uh, demonstration. Um, But Melissa, I wanted to tell you that since we've been having our conversation, the court system in Minneapolis has put on its website. uh, Indeed, the charge has been upgraded from murder three. So you guys get the point, right? We had Trump take a walk. Racist shot tear gas at peaceful protesters causing division. Nancy does the same thing, praised. She's the she's the savior to all black people and the Democratic Party, right? Really don't have to do I really have to explain anything else with that. It's it's just infuriating. So Q's just pointing that out there. 4399, St. Louis DA Kim Gardner is providing a safe zone for Antifa riders. Um, now this here is from a, this is a video here from Eric Schmidt, who is an AG in Missouri, says safe zones known coordinated and is studying development. This is Eric Schmidt's tweet and studying development. Our office has learned that every single one of the St. Louis looters and riders arrested were released back onto the streets by local prosecutor, Kim Gardner. Now I'm going to pull up some screenshots here that I absolutely forgot to pull up before the show. So let me just do that real quick. And I want to show you guys something that I was able to find from my buddy. His name is Endo or Endorphin, one of the anons that I am friends with now. I want you guys to see. No, that was not it. This is it. This is it. So we have a video here of just complete chaos in St. Louis. Let me just play that real quick so you guys can get a taste of it. So these are the peaceful protesters supposedly shooting at cops and it's just absolutely causing carnage. And now Eric Schmidt here, who is the AG in this area, knows that these people were arrested and then released the next day and found out the prosecutor that did it. 
Her name is Kimberly Gardner. Now, what Endo sent me was an article here from 2016 talking about how a certain somebody was financing her campaign and also giving her donations. I'm going to slide this in here real quick and show you what that was. Kimberly Gardner, one of four Democrats running for St. Louis Circuit Attorney in the August August uh, 2nd primary is taking heat for a new political ad paid for with money from a national super PAC that is at least partly funded by liberal billionaire George Soros. Can't make this up. The new internet and cable TV ad was financed by a federally registered campaign committee from Washington called the Safety and Justice Committee. It was established in June and reported $30,000 in initial funds from Soros. No other contributors were listed as of its list full public filing June 30th. And it wasn't just it wasn't just that. It wasn't just that. This right here as well, talking about the super PAC donations that you just read in that article. Let me see. Let me pull up how much he actually gave. This is George Soros. You can see it. Safety and Justice, name of the committee, George Soros. Date of receipt, 7-21-2016. And on the bottom here was $500,000 dollar donation that's the sauce and again endo thank you for sending me that and why i'm shouting you out because dude epic find that is proof solid proof right there of the fundings where this money is coming from financing so you have you have governors da's prosecutors in democratic strongholds that are literally People are being arrested. Cops are doing their job. And what happens? Those same people are thrown on the next street the next day, and they continue to cause carnage and violence. Safe zones for Antifa. Why? Because they're paid for. They are paid for. And what I'm showing you here is the same exact shit that's going on in New York because we had new bail reform just, just this past winter. You can literally beat the crap out of your wife, commit a crime, and be put let out literally the next day. And just and the judge just has to hope you show up for your court hearing. Same thing in New York. That's why I want to show you this clip here about this cop here talking about Cuomo because it's the same shit show here in New York. This is from the Sharp Edge. Cuomo sits in his company office and says the NYPD isn't doing a good job. While they're being attacked with bricks, bottles, and rocks, they make arrests, and the next day the looters are let go. I'm extremely outraged at Cuomo's comments. Let's listen to what he has to say. I think everyone you're going to see is walking around cut up, but they're out there again tonight. They're out there giving their blood to keep the city safe. You mentioned you have over 650 arrests. How many of these people will be on the streets today again? Just about all of them. All of them. We had some arrests in Brooklyn where they had guns. Hopefully, Eric Gonzalez will keep them in. I can't guarantee that'll happen. Uh, but when it comes to a burglary, which is a commercial store, which is looting, you're back out. Because of bail reform, you're back out on the street the next day. Cannot be held on uh, on any sort of bail. I spoke to Cy Vance about that. He told me there was nothing he could do. Seems to be pretty outraged about Cuomo's comments. I'm extremely uh, outraged on Cuomo's comments. What comments? I'm watching my men and women out there dealing with stuff that no cop should ever have to deal with. Bricks, bottles, rocks, hitting the face with bottles and continuing to go forward to make an arrest of uh, a violent kid who's looting a store. This is happening throughout this city. This men and women have done so much over these last five days. The leadership team has done so much, because leadership from every angle of this department is out on the streets, working side by side with their men. And for a governor to be sitting in his office saying that we're not doing a good job, I'm outraged. How is anybody supposed? How is anyone supposed to rally behind a man like Cuomo, and shitbags um, like the, uh, the the mayor uh, De Blasio? How can anyone want to literally go go to war with these violent people and knowing that's your leadership, knowing that when you make those arrests, when you get these people be um, locked up, they're not locked up because the the new bail reform, they're literally sent right back on the streets the next day and they continue to cause more violence and mayhem. It doesn't make sense, right? Logically, does any of that make sense? Do you see what's happening, America? Do you see what's happening to our cities? Unreal. Let's continue. 4400, the swamp runs deep. Reference to General Swamp Dog Mattis. 
Yep. They had a little, uh, what was his name? General Mattis. He got canned. Uh, he was kicked out. And uh, this whole thing, that I'm not really sure. I didn't really look into uh, the, uh, of the dog Mattis stuff. But Trump got rid of him. He tweeted about it. He's gone. And again, just saying that the swamp runs deep. Last drops, 4401. Black lives matter only during election years. D's way to manipulate the black vote. And it says, do you see a pattern here? And this is this is crazy. This was 2016, right before the election, no, barely any search volume, 2016, and then you literally have nothing all the way up until now, which was May 31st, and there's a huge spike in Black Lives Matter, just pointing out that it only matters when there's an election year that something like this happens. 4402, Soros Trump will disappear in 2020 or even sooner. Q writes, demons continue to serve the devil in his attempt to lead the world away from God and into sin. And it says Q, and this is the video of George Soros, real quick, talking about Trump. I consider the Trump administration a danger to the world, but I regard it as a purely temporary phenomenon that will disappear in 2020 or even sooner. Donald Trump is a temporary phenomenon, and he thinks he will disappear before the election. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? What do you think about that? But you know, we'll just go along with the whole entire narrative that this is just a big race war, and that's really what this is all about. This goes much deeper, much deeper, and it's been going on for a very long time. This has been planned for a very long time, and thank God we have patriots running the show behind the scenes. Last drop, 4403, linked to new Q drop, talking about how Trump's talking about bringing the military in. And what Q writes says, what happens if a breach occurs at White House, attempts coordinated to capture a horrifying moment? What happens then? Heavy protect White House prevented. POTUS warn, warning meant to push rational thought. Peaceful protesters prevent coordinated anarchists. Anarchy 99 pushed to victory White House breach. And they link here a Hill article talking about this and this is the dc mayor literally talking about how let's see what she said here that's the people's house it's a sad commentary that the that the house and its inhabitants have to be walled off we should want the white house to be opened up for people to be able to access it from all sides are you kidding me this woman is literally sitting here telling you that the fence around the white house the white house should be completely accessible to anybody that's including these protesters and the reason why he was bringing this up is because the media and the Dems would love nothing more than a dead body on the White House lawn. That, that would be it. You're talking about complete anarchy. Imagine if it was a black protester shot in the White House lawn, what that would look like. That's exactly what these people want. And Q is pointing that out. It's not going to happen. We are not going to play their game. So that is the episode today, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining on the podcast as well. I know you guys are out there. Thank you for downloading my uh, my episodes. It's growing like crazy. This channel's growing like crazy. We are getting closer to 40,000. We are at almost 38.5 now. We're getting there. We are getting there, and we're, we're going to hit 40, and then, it's, then we're on our way to 50. It's going by awesome. So check out my store. Um, check out my Patreon. Check out the BitChute. And, of course, check out my website. It has all these uh, links and all that stuff. And, of course, as a one-time donation, you can always do my PayPal. Everything that you guys need to contribute and sponsor the show is in the link below, along with my Flip City sponsor, where you can click the link, go there, and check out my sponsor. So thank you, everybody. Stay safe, stay warm, stay safe, and stay woke.